welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hi, Terry. Hello, Anita. So we say in the open to this podcast that we want to keep these episodes real. We look for guests and resources that address how to live with depression, how to care for ourselves, right down to tips for how to take care of personal hygiene, how to reach out when you need support or treatment, and how to describe and talk about your depression, just to name a few recent focuses. So it should come as no surprise that when a popular podcaster and the author of a series of depression and anxiety self-help books for people who normally hate self-help books was available, (laughs) we jumped at the opportunity. Today's guest, Dr. Robert Duff, keeps it real. His hardcore self-help series is the anecdote to wordy psychobabble workbooks, And Duff says he writes for people, quote, who are exhausted from putting on a good face every day and trying to push forward in life while screaming on the inside, unquote. Absolutely. And maybe you know someone like that. And maybe you are someone like that. Dr. Duff was also a founding board member, along with Terry and myself, of the nonprofit that started this podcast, Giving Voice to Mental Illness, Inc. Here is Duff the Psych giving his voice to depression starting with a unique and spot-on way to describe depression. I like to think of depression kind of as a parasite because it does all of the things to you that it needs to keep itself strong. Hmm. It saps your energy, so it makes you feel more lethargic, which makes you not do things, which makes you feel more guilty, which makes you feel more depressed. And so it goes in a cycle, and it builds itself up and up and up. And it does that by breaking us down and down and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it saps our energy, or it, it provides the conditions that it needs to, to keep tricking us into thinking that we're not worth it or that. Um, you know, The thing with, with depression is it often makes us think that we're weak. It, it makes us come to the, this quote unquote realization mm-hmm. that, oh, this whole time I thought I was actually an okay person, but I'm not. <laughs> um, it can be sometimes really hard to deal with without some sort of outside intervention or without something to just really get you on the path of trying to make a difference for yourself. One of our favorite of Duff's techniques is for those of us who lose motivation, productivity, and any sense of pleasure when depressed. The technical goal of the exercise is behavioral activation. For those of you who know or prefer business talk, it's essentially a cost-benefit analysis. I have a little exercise where you think about activities that you used to enjoy doing, but you've stopped doing since you became depressed. Mm -hmm. 
And these could be little things like going for a walk, or it could be things like, uh, you know, playing with their dog, coloring in a coloring book, watching a, you know, sunset. And it could be anything right. from small mm-hmm. to big. Big would be like going out to dinner with my mm-hmm. parents. And you ask yourself, how rewarding would that activity, big or small, be to me? So maybe for me, going for a walk is like a three out of 10 for the amount of reward. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, going and, and uh, having a bottle of wine with my wife at a, at a place where we can get some cheese and meat, mm-hmm. that's like a, almost a nine, <laughs> probably. You know, it's like, I love that. I hear you. However, the difference between those is the effort. The effort involved. How hard would it be, given our current condition, to perform the activity that we know we'd enjoy if we could? So what I suggest doing for the first things that you're trying to activate yourself with is taking the difference between those values. So if I was very, very, very depressed, you know, driving 15 minutes downtown to go get that bottle of wine and cheese and everything would probably be like a seven or eight or nine, depending on the day mm-hmm. of effort mm-hmm. as well. So in that case, the the value for going out and getting that wine would be like a one or a zero because the effort almost completely washes out the the reward. But something smaller, like going for a walk with my dog, that doesn't take a lot of effort technically. So maybe it's like a three in terms of effort, but a five or a six in terms of reward because it's making me feel good for getting out in the air, getting some exercise, actually doing something. And so, you know, you have a three left over as the value. So that's where we start with the easy wins, the biggest bang for our low energy buck. Um, It can seem... Uh, sort of like uh, you're giving yourself fake praise sometimes because you're like, great, I walk the dog, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you want to think of it as ridiculous, that's fine. But it's still true that these are things that you've stopped doing. Right. So once you start doing them, that ball starts rolling and you get a little bit more energy, a little bit more motivation. And eventually as you reconnect, as you start to activate yourself behaviorally, you'll have a little bit more energy sort of resource to, to pull from that you can use on those things that are a little bit more draining that maybe don't give you the same impact like mm-hmm. doing your laundry or you know finishing a report or something like that. But the idea is to kind of get the ball rolling and just get yourself used to doing things. It's the old and object in motion tends to stay in motion thing. And the difficulty getting the proverbial ball rolling is not a matter of personal failure or laziness. It's physiological and psychological. Because in your brain, you do have a difference when you are depressed, especially that form of depression, where, you know, normally the sort of neurotransmitters, which are kind of the chemicals in your brain that, that give you the signals to do things or to feel things, um, they don't function normally. You have less of the ones that make you feel happy and feel motivated. So you're trying to kind of beat your brain into submission and say, hey, we're going to keep doing things until you start feeling motivated again. And it does work. It just takes some consistency, which is why, you know, therapy's so popular, which is why groups and self-help resources are so popular, because it's hard to do it sometimes on your own, but it is totally mm-hmm. possible. I love that. Thank you. Duff also recommends a mindfulness exercise. He says he recommends this one to about 90% of his clients with great results, since in addition to activating ourselves during depression, many of us also need a little help combating negative thought patterns, very negative thought patterns. It's it's about building tolerance. It's about coexisting with your thoughts without them derailing you, which honestly should sound attractive to most people mm-hmm. with depression because most of the time depression's jumping and saying, oh, nope, sorry, you can't do that. Oh, hey, you're dumb. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, actually, you know, you don't have any energy. Oh, hey, you're an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and it would be really nice to be able to to not let that throw you off so much. 
Yeah, thoughts like that. And a lot worse, of course. But instead of believing them or fighting them, which Duff says can just make them bigger and more powerful, we can learn to notice and dismiss them, to treat them more like interruptions than damning truths. So the exercise that I give people is just very, very simple. You sit there, uh, you focus on your breath, and you just breathe normally and notice somewhere in your body that you can feel that breath. And it can be different every day. Um, You can feel it in your nose uh, or in your chest, in your belly, wherever you feel that physical sensation of the breath. And you just focus on that. You sit there and you focus all of your attention on that. Now, as a normal human, you're going to get distracted in like 30 seconds or less. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen. So when you have a thought like, oh, um, forgot if I turn off the stove or I should be working on this you know, report or uh, why am I doing this? This is stupid, whatever. You, instead of pushing that away, give yourself a chance to shift your attention over to that. I like to think of it as like a spotlight. You turn the spotlight over onto that thing that you're, that, that's intruding. You say, okay, what are you? Mm-hmm. You think about it for a second give it a moment of acknowledgement. Again, without judging yourself, without saying that's a bad thought, that's a good thought. Just say, okay, that's a thought. And then give yourself permission to switch that spotlight back over to the thing you were focusing on, which was the sensation of your breath. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as you're doing this, say you're doing it for 10 minutes, this is going to happen, at least when you're getting started, it's going to happen numerous times where you have that distraction. And instead of beating yourself up for that, I encourage people to uh, be happy every time that happens because basically they're giving themselves a lot of different opportunities to practice that attention shift. Mm. Dove says he does that exercise while his coffee is brewing in the morning. And with regular practice, we can not only learn to better deal with depression's insidious interruptions, but the regular ones in life as well. Those things are going to throw you off less because you're more able to just quickly shake hands with them and then go back to what you're what you're thinking about. Good. Nice. In closing, Duff says he encourages people who are depressed to practice self-awareness. He says oftentimes with depression, we do things that are satisfying, but not actually helpful. He gives the example of watching Netflix for 13 hours straight. It could also be sleeping, eating, or drinking too much, or a lot of other things. And if you're unable to pull yourself out of that, then maybe you need to enlist some help. Um, it's not easy. None of this is, I wouldn't say, like, your fault. Yes, it's you that's doing it, but it's in the context of this depression, and it's the context of this parasite that's trying to get you to do these things. So, you know, you really got to be easy on yourself. Give yourself some grace, but also give yourself permission to do something about it. And there's a lot of different forms of, quote, doing something about it, whether that's, you know, investing a little bit in self-help resources and trying it on your own, whether that's enlisting the help of a friend and giving yourself permission not to feel guilty about that, getting professional treatment from a counselor or a therapist or a doctor. Um, Medication is always something that's there as well for people that, um, you know, the way I see medication is not to solve the problems because it doesn't, but it does help you ease up on the symptoms a bit so that you can solve the problems on your own or through therapy. So that's another option. And just be open to the different options that are there and Never feel stupid or dumb for having to use them. Depression is different for everybody. You know, try to do what works for you. If it's not working, stop doing it. Try something different. If it is working, then amplify that and and keep that going. Thank you. I greatly appreciate your time, and I think it will help people to hear this. And I just love your book. I, any book that starts with depression f-ing sucks. You, you 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 got me right. From the, you know, you had me at hello. <laughs> awesome. That's that's the idea. I, I appreciate that. I like the feedback.
Terry, I absolutely love everything that Duff says. Um, <laughs> behavioral activation, what a beautiful concept. You remember when I was talking about grief and how we don't kick the turtle? Yep. With depression, we do exactly the opposite. We do exactly what Duff is talking about. We kick it in the butt. I think we had a previous <laughs> guest who said, kick depression's butt, right? <laughs> she did. So it's so important. We have to get active with depression because... It's trying to kill us, and we have to constantly fight back. It's not just our mental health that is at stake. Honestly, it's our life that can be at stake. So this behavioral activation concept that you do something, you do anything, and Dr. Duff says start with the easiest thing and then keep going is, is absolutely spot on. And I really like the way he sort of gave you us a math equation for figuring that out because it's like I would like to blank you know it might be nice to go to a holiday party you're never going to hear me say that in real life but (laughs) given that I have to you know put on nice clothes and makeup and drive someplace and you know socialize and blow that the cost of that activity even though on some levels I'd enjoy it's just too high Mm -hmm. but as he said walking the dog you know I'm going to get outside I'm going to get some exercise I'm going to feel good and it is a pretty low uh cost, you know, pretty low input. So um, that was really helpful to me. That's something that even when I interviewed him years ago and and first heard this, I was like, oh, I hung on to that over all these years. Yeah. And I would say, you know, to make that even more effective and and Duff may even mention this to to people is, you know, when, when you have a little bit of energy and clarity of thought, make that list and do that, that math calculation and just get it down on, you know, in your phone or on a piece of paper somewhere so that when depression's causing that brain fog and that inability to even make a decision, you you kind of have it all worked out. You know, you don't. You can just refer oh. to it. You can refer back to it. Such good advice. Such good advice. Because there's so many things, including a safety plan and all the other things that we really have to do when we're feeling, as you said, a little bit of clarity. Because yes. that goes away. Absolutely. And you don't want to add another mental task of trying to figure out, you know, what what are those low cost, high benefit activities that I could do? You just want a list of those and that you could I kind of think of like give yourself menu options, you know, and and have those available and in front of you. So all you have to do is like, oh, I'll, I'll have this today you know, <laughs> and, and pick that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I want to I want to uh, reiterate that Dr. Duff's book series is called the Hardcore Self-Help Series. And one is for depression, the ones I know, one is for depression, one is for anxiety. And there's some language in it. There's definitely um, a a Mm -hmm. liberal use of the F-bomb, if that offends you. But they are really good and really practical. And he writes the same way he speaks, which I find very accessible. Terry, next week we have even more practical techniques that people can use on a daily basis to help them not just through the holiday season, but into next year. Excellent. That's going to be so helpful because this is a time that can be depleting and it's nice to have uh, more tools in our toolkit to just sort of put some air back in our sails or in our balloon or whatever metaphor you want to use. Yes, yes. So thanks, Dr. Duff, and thank you, Anita. Thanks, Terry. See you next week. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. 
And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen 